0: Welcome to Garden Thoughts. On this podcast, I talk about different ideas, concepts, and perspectives. I want to explore the brain in different ways and tap into the untapped areas of the mind. Invest in yourselves and think on your own. Have some fun and enjoy. Hey, welcome back to Garden Thoughts. I'm glad you guys are back on here. On uh, this episode, I have the pleasure to have Zach Deet. Uh, this guy is awesome. I met him actually at MASH, uh, was it last year, man? Or when was this?
1: We've been, um, <clears throat> so we've been both going there for, I, I don't know when you started there. Um, yeah, I
0: was, I think I was there for the last three or four years or so.
1: Yeah, oh. so it's like, we, I feel like we've kind of always known who each other are, you know, like we always see each other around the facility. But I think last year, last year during the spring is when we first really started talking. And yeah, uh, I
0: would totally agree on that. Yeah, so you know, having Zach here, we kind of connected, I think, right away, <laughs> in kind of the subtleties that you know when we had conversation, and I think we have just kind of you know spiraled spiraled it from there. Um, so Zach, um, if you could introduce yourself to the listeners, just a little bit about you. Um, how you, um, in your past, uh, what you're doing right now, Uh, just little things about you so the listeners know who you are.
1: Yeah, so uh, I'm Zach. I'm, let's see, I'm currently a sophomore at the University of Minnesota. Uh, I'm involved with the baseball program there. do some student managing work uh, for the team, which is, you know, awesome that I still get to be involved with the sport Um, after kind of a unfortunate way to end my career you know i uh tore my elbow ligament which pretty much prevented me from playing seriously ever again um so just trying to make the most out of you know every opportunity that i can get so at the university of minnesota i'm studying kinesiology and neuroscience and plan on sticking with this baseball um route after college um, whether it's with strength and conditioning or a coaching opportunity or if it's something like MASH you know coaching younger kids you know I, I don't have the future planned out yet but like I said before just making the most out of every opportunity and I'm sure there are going to be opportunities down the road so just going to keep an open mind from here on out.
0: 100% I love that um, right away I kind of you know we've talked about this too before but like staying with the baseball side of things so you know like what kind of like gravitates you towards that to stay with it so like we, obviously we, you know you played when you're younger i mean we both play and like what's kind of kept like what's been the consistency of like you wanting to stay with that
1: <clears throat> well <clears throat> you know as you know and um i haven't always gone to the university of minnesota went to creighton university first um and mm-hmm. was originally studying pre-law and business administration there so a pretty big 180 from what I'm studying right now mm-hmm. and one of the reasons I transferred to Minnesota is because I I knew I wanted to still play baseball that's actually what pulled me to come back here is the the idea of still playing whether it be at the University of Minnesota or go the JUCO route um, so baseball pulled me back here and then I essentially committed my spring semester of my freshman year to training, uh, rehabbing my arm uh, to try and play baseball again. And over the summer, I was lucky enough to have the opportunity to play collegiately. Um, I had some offers from JUCOs that unfortunately at depends on how you look at it but I I turned them down just didn't think it was the right move for me and I I think it was the right move because I'm enjoying what I'm doing I I know it was the right move I love what I'm doing right now and um I don't really have any regrets looking back on it so it's like at the time I had a gut feeling that you know probably not the best idea and and um like, I I really haven't looked back and thought, man, I really should have taken that opportunity. And and it's easy to think that right now because my season would have gotten canceled if I would have taken that. And I stuck at a school that I don't want to be at. So I'm studying what I love and then you can apply it to baseball. And what I like about, you know, not playing is it doesn't tether you down to baseball year round or playing baseball year round, you know, like fall you have practice winter you have practice spring you have games and then summer you go all around the country and play in different leagues and you don't really get that break or you don't get to explore other avenues um that you might be interested in so one of the good things about being a student manager is I can still commit myself to gopher's baseball which I I love being around the team and everything um but, if there's you know another creative avenue that I want to explore, i I have the freedom to do that. I'm not I don't have to go play summer ball and just grind out there for exactly for a long time and hate every second of it and hate baseball. Like if I'm getting tired of baseball, I can just like kind of take a break, take a step back and like, okay, how, yeah, um, look at how am I feeling about this right now, and there's That's no a lot hundred-
0: of that's 100% i mean that, first off unbelievably said. um you know secondly i'm kind of you know my brain is just graveling right now it's just having a bunch of thoughts going on um one of the first things that kind of popped in my head is like have you learned or like having the different i think this is big on perspective right having more the more persp- the more excuse me the more perspective you can get i think the more overall like well rounded you can be uh-huh. And so having both the, the perspective of in the baseball realm, right, in the game, having those thoughts and feelings, the you know, the external factors that have going on, like, what have you also learned from, like, transitioning out of that? And so still being around the game, but also, like, from a different angle, being that, you know, the manager there and just, yeah. you know, picking up on different things, meeting different people because of that. Because when you go a different route, you're going to meet a bunch of different yeah. people as well. Is there anything like that comes, you know, to mind where that transition?
1: Yeah. So one thing I learned, and this was, you know, not all lessons are as explicit as this one was, but down at Creighton, one of the, I think it was the athletic trainer was frustrated with me and one other guy for not doing something that he wanted us to do. And he goes, Hey, this isn't above your pay grade. And I said, yeah, we don't have a pay grade. So (laughs) understanding that, You know like I think a lot of college athletes frankly learn this a little late is you know they've always been at the top of what they do all the way up until college and then if it doesn't work out for them professionally they don't really know what to do but being in this managerial position it's very humbling because we're we're essentially the team assistants we have to you know set up practice throw batting practice um catch off for guys we have two bullpen catchers that catch like up to 10 bullpens a day yeah um I've had to catch bullpens before and for a guy who's gonna get drafted this year and I had a sprained thumb for three months after that so it's like <laughs> learning learning to um understanding what your role is and right now my role doesn't really allow for me to say no to things my role for me is to essentially serve the team and make sure that everything runs smoothly one one thing that your <clears throat> one philosophy I've kind of developed from this is um you you know you're doing well if you're not being noticed because <laughs> like we uh, there have been stories of managers in the past where it's like everybody knew who they were <laughs> but not. not for good reasons like they they were issues and it's like out of all things that a base a D d1 a big 10 baseball team needs to worry about it should not be a student manager's misbehavior Absolutely. so learning learning your place um i think is a really important thing that i've learned uh, just understanding your role and just learning how to serve others without expecting anything in return i think that's a big one too Absolutely.
0: Um, Also with that too, again, well said. Um, One thing with, you know, kind of the collegiate, and this could be any, you know, any environment, any sport, anything. It applies to everything. Mm -hmm. I think, and this is just my belief and my opinion on this, but I think classifying yourself to one, like one certain, you know, position or, you know, whatever you're in, I think is a weak foundation and it's fragile Mm -hmm. because everything is reliant on that so if you go all in right and you know which is good you always want to go all in on what you want because you want to have the belief and things like that nature but also when you go all in on a certain thing how you portray yourself if someone asks like who you are and you say i am a baseball player or i am this i am whatever it may be i think it's super fragile because if once because every in everybody's experience you're always going to be said no right everybody always says that that someday you're gonna be said, you're gonna to be told no, and I think by just having that one thing for you that people per- portray you as, I think it's just very weak. And so I think you know, and this is um, I read a thing about on Kobe Bryant, and I've listened to other people about it where you know when he retired, he didn't want people to like relo- or like uh, think that he was yeah. a, the best basketball player want to be known as just a great person yeah so like having this and this is again for me like you know one of my fears and i've told you this before is like limiting myself it's almost like a headspace claustrophobic area for me i think by keeping like your options open and you can go and like have your you know your set um position that people portray you as but i think it's very valuable to have different outlets inside your life that you can kind of tap into so you're not always self you know always self-engaged into one thing because eventually that well is gonna dry
1: up yeah so be nothing so one of the things that uh, 14 our our head coach preaches and he said this on the podcast episode with Harvey uh, mm-hmm. Fisher, was that and this is essentially what you said but boil it boil it down it's um like you can't tie your identity to who you are as a baseball player. Or 100% a baseball player. like that's going to end someday whether <laughs> whether you like it or not you're not going to play baseball till you're 100. Exactly. One thing that Harvey said to me is baseball doesn't owe you anything. So like it's going to beat you down and if you if your identity is tied to being a baseball player then you're going to be, get beat down also. And 100% it's going to be And I think
0: tougher. also with that Like, I think the person needs to have, and again, this could be business, this could be teaching, whatever it may be again, but I think by, um, like disengaging yourself with your thoughts and emotions wrapped up in a certain thing, I think is very vital and it's very key. Mm -hmm. So what I mean by that is like you yourself, right? You kind of have, you know, all your different qualities yourself. I think it's valuable to disengage what's going on the emotional thoughts that you have and just have a, a neutral mind you just you haven't
1: watched watch the thoughts essentially You're the
0: observer so you're like you have the thoughts but instead of thinking you are the thoughts have the thoughts away from you that you can you know hypothetically visually see and if it's good or bad whatever the case may be you're able to watch that so it's still like about you right mm-hmm. but you're you're looking at it from a way so like okay this action resulted good and this reaction resulted bad right that's not personally yeah. up against you it, so it's almost not, like it's it's a liberating feeling because you're looking at it like okay that was good what happened or what i did was good and vice versa with the bad. and so you're not personally tied to that connection
1: yeah so it's not you're not judging your thoughts on whether they're good or bad you're looking at them objectively and looking at the result of your actions and your thoughts.
0: 100%. It's like being, you know, having no identity, but Mm -hmm. yet you're having an identity by what you're looking at out in front of you. And so, you know, external factors, you know, different people, when they view you, what they think is you is those things that you're also looking at. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when people talk about whatever it may be about you, you're also looking at that it's not you Mm -hmm. so i mean Mm -hmm. i just think that's just a very i mean this is kind of a you know deep contextual thinking but i think it's like very important Mm -hmm. because like it's again it's liberating for yourself i think it you know it helps you make yourself a better person because you're not emotionally tied up into what you're in Mm -hmm. yeah i think that's very important
1: I think that's a really, first of all, that's good that you know this at your age already. And okay. I appreciate
0: that, dude. I, dude, I feel like we have a bunch of talks like this. And, you know, I get a lot of, you know, energy from this, this is why I love you as a person. You know, yeah. I feel it, it, everything like you embody, you know, I love it, It's just contagious. Mm-hmm. I th- and that's I think with anything. So I think, I mean, people too right now right we're in this kind of quarantine you know isolation we can't you know Mm -hmm. meet people really but i think you know like a platform like this where we can meet people i think is so important and vital because people are like sources of energy and i've heard this a couple times and at first i didn't completely like understand what they meant but as i kept going through it and thinking back to what they were saying i was like yeah i feel like that's a hundred percent true right now Like I like even through the screen here as I'm talking to you through Zoom, I feel like an energy and I think it's so so important because it gives you, you know, inspiration, motivation to go out and do things. And so have, you know, have and that's why it's so hard right now, because we are isolated and so we are, you know, by ourselves. And so if we think good or bad, it's only our perspective. Mm -hmm. And again, our perspective can be both good and bad but it's yeah. just to us. And so we're not getting the external, you know, good vibes, energies from different people. And I think that's why people are, you know, having such a struggle with this.
1: I think, I mean, I don't know how you're feeling about this, but I think, you know, at first, this was a tough transition for me, but um, like the past month or so has been kind of nice, you know, just to- I would agree it's like sometimes i feel obligated to talk to people because i don't know you just need to get out there but and that's crazy i
0: just uh sorry to interrupt but i just want to put this in there um i just listened to a thing the other day and um it was talking about you know the types of people right of during this time and a lot of people you know don't like this time because it, they feel limited on what the actions that they can do but also on the other side of the spectrum, a lot of people are enjoying this because with this, they no longer feel the pressure to be like a people pleaser almost Mm -hmm. in that sense of thing. It's a really good point. And so it's, again, more of a liberating experience because you're having more time and thoughts and your energy is focused on what you want rather than what you think you need to give. Mm -hmm.
1: So Yeah, and, and another thing you get to do, and it's like, this isn't, this isn't deep at all but it's like especially when you're overwhelmed and this semester was starting to get very overwhelming it's nice to just lay down in bed and watch any tv series you want for a few days and not feel any heck yeah like you need to just just disengage from everything that's going on and like this is a really like I've taken advantage of it for sure because that past few days I've been really lazy, but it's it's nice to just relax a little bit and, and do the stuff that you, you you don't really have time to do. So, hundred percent,
0: and I think that's okay. You know, honestly, I, our last week or so, I uh, think there was a day or two where I just felt so unproductive. Like I I felt like I was doing things right. I was doing my schoolwork. I was getting things done. I was doing out you know chores and stuff like that. But like, I just did not feel like I was accomplishing anything. And I was like talking to other people, I'm like, God, like, I told them like, Oh, so what'd you do today? And I told them and they're like, Oh, you did lot. I'm like, I don't know. I didn't feel like I did anything. Like, I just, mm-hmm. you know, I feel like I need to do more and like accomplish more. And just, I think the reason why is just because I need to. I think before this time, I think I was doing a lot of things. And so I think I just became accustomed to it. Mm-hmm and so now we kind of strip it all you know the external factors away and yeah i'm having more de- or dedicated time for different things let's just transition
1: and then adapting to it exactly and that's the hardest thing about it is adapting to it because it's essentially what you said is similar to a sleep schedule you know like if you get on a if you get on a sleep schedule then your body's going to naturally want to keep waking up and going to bed at the time you been going to bed for the past x amount of days but once you suddenly disengage from that and stay up till 3 a.m and sleep till 12 then everything gets thrown off so it's it's tough because you you want to stay disciplined and you want to stay on track and you feel guilty for not for not doing that right now but at the same time it's good to have some perspective and and think, well, it's like, I'm not going to be perfect right now. Nothing's, nothing. Absolutely. Like, you can still hold yourself to a standard. Right. But I think it's important to be realistic and just understanding that it's very difficult to maintain that. And I don't right. want to make excuses, but I, it's important to just not stress out because you're not the same person you were during your very disciplined schedule. know right
0: and I think it's important not to be anxious about the future and don't judge your past too much. I think Mm -hmm. by I think by staying in the present, you know, ultimately helps you a lot. And with that, I think being being able to adapt is what's gonna help you go on throughout your life to be more successful in the ways that you think is successful and grow as a person. I think adaptation is everything. Because when whatever you do whatever you do that's worth your time right where you want to you know want to keep progressing in your life anything that you're going to do is going to be you know discomfort right that's you're not going to initially like, or and you just
1: have to kind of get through that right and you just got to keep grinding away through that and sorry adaptation is essentially just a synonym for growth and that's that's the that's And that's the, the only point.
0: constant. Adaptation is the only and I've talked about this with other people. Like ad- ad- adapting to something, like that's the only real concept that we ever have. Change is the only thing that is a constant, which sounds backwards. But change is the only constant we have because everything is progressing. And I think a lot of people are trying to keep things too similar and try to, you know, try to close the gap on different things. But ultimately, what's gonna make you a better person and what's gonna help you progress and grow to be the better version of yourself is gonna be going through different things that you haven't gone through before and having to change throughout that.
1: Yeah, one thing I, I like saying is, it's like, if you look at yourself as a sixth grader and you think, yeah, I had everything figured out, like. You're, <laughs> <laughs> like and you, that's, and you, that's for any age. Yeah, everybody, I mean, everybody, especially us right now, it's like, if you look at yourself in middle school, is you you should be like embarrassed of like thinking back and remembering what you did and like who your friends were not necessarily that but oh no dude i was a
0: beast i was a beast
1: i think yeah it's like, <laughs> you know, no i'm just nobody, kidding i'm just kidding no has it all figured out no college. no and no one ever does yeah nobody has it nobody ever has it all figured out like if you think you do, then <laughs> it's like... Well, that's the thing. I talked, um, I think on
0: one of my really, you know, first initial podcasts, the question was brought up of, who do you think is the most important in the world? And this was kind of based on more of like the knowledge kind of part of it. it Who's like kind of the smartest, who can help the most? And I, my answer was, I think that the person that's the most knowledgeable, the person that's the most important in the world is the person that doesn't think they're the most important, knowledgeable person in the world is like having that humility of not thinking you're this. Because I think when someone thinks that they're at a certain level or they think they're this, everybody else sees that. And then it's like, well, no, you're not it. But I think ultimately that when I see someone who is curious, who asks questions, who who honestly has the humility of saying, yeah, I don't know, but like, I'm just curious about that. I think that person is like, yeah, like he's he's the person. Like he doesn't know it and that's good. Don't let him know, but he is it. First of
1: all, two things I want to add. Yeah. I would say the smartest person is Harvey Martin. Second of all... <laughs> I would second that. <laughs> Harvey's going to listen to this. He's, he's going to love it. Oh, boy. Uh, second, there's a song that just came out, actually, that I really like. And one of the... The more I seem to grow, the less I feel I know. Say that again? You kind of cut out there. The more, more I seem to grow, the less I think I know. Mm. which I think is is exactly what you just said. Like once I I don't know, like I think college is a really good um, teacher, not, not just like going to class and in that sort of way, but it's like you, you think, you know what you want to go into. You think, you know, a good amount about what you're going to study. And then you actually take the courses and you realize how much you don't know how much information there is and then you're just like okay it's then you have some perspective on stuff because you realize you don't know everything and you re- you ha- gain more respect for those who do know more than you do yeah when you have that perspective you seek out learning opportunities you want to talk to people that know more than you do and you want to learn more so you can improve and teach others so i 100 percent. i think
0: being vulnerable and having the humility again to like just even to yourself and portray that to others of saying like I do I don't know this I'm not the smartest but I just want to you know to progress and to learn more about it mm-hmm. I think that's the key in how how one grows how one can you know again become a better version of for themselves but yeah for you what had so this was kind of a this is a great tie-in like what have you gone through that like for school-wise and like the transition, you know, even from high school to college and each year throughout college, it's kind of the little, you know, gold nuggets that you've kind of picked up or you've experienced. What are some of those, those different aspects about schooling and the transition of it that you've learned and have been, you know, paying off for you?
1: So I would say the one we just talked about was an important one. Um, what hmm. my, my family and I just talked about this the other day actually because we yeah St. Michael has the Instagram page where they have all the senior pictures and then where they're going to school and majors and mm-hmm. so I was looking at that for Eastview which is where I went to high school and one thing that we were talking about was how half of the kids at least are going to change their majors because <laughs> like change your majors or even you change your school yeah like the thing that for a while now is no and this is just an example you know I don't know if you're going into this but Mm -hmm. I I always say no 18 year old wants to study accounting no 18 year old has a passion (laughs) for bookkeeping okay so you know now when I talk to Kids that are starting the college journey, I say, go in undeclared unless you're 100% certain about what you want to study. And even okay, I'm gonna just jump in a
0: quick yeah. second there, and then I'll let you go back. Mm-hmm. I think even when someone says they know 100% what they want, they don't. I don't, I don't think that's very like. I don't think they're being true to themselves. I think mm-hmm. it's a they've listened a lot to the external factors, mostly probably being their parents that they trust the mm-hmm. most. And I think they've kind of engraved that into them. And I think a lot of, I think overall, and this is all generalization of my mm-hmm. you know, opinion and viewpoints on things, but I think someone who thinks what they know or like what job they want, I think typically that job is something very safe, mm-hmm. something that where they, it's stable. And you know, and that, I think that's, and it's really like, as an 18 to you know 30 year old, anywhere in that range, I think that's the greatest part of your life to yeah, go, yeah. go after something mm-hmm. that maybe you're, like, most likely going to fail at, but the having the chance to succeed. Because later on in your life, you're, like, the biggest thing is, like, living your whole life and then thinking back to, like, oh, I wish I would have done that and having the yeah. regrets. That's the most, you know, that scares me.
1: Well, yeah, two things. First, like, I don't know where I heard this, but somebody said, like, when people are about to die, they, and they're asked what they regret the most it's this they usually say the stuff that they didn't do as opposed to the stuff that they did second oh shoot was i gotta say second part um what what sorry summarize what you just said so you can rejog me really quick what i just said so having um what did i just say oh i remember um (laughs) so were you there for the logan gelbrick um book meeting slash reading in august with Harvey, Harvey's friend that came in and talked about his book, were you there for that? What was the book called? Uh, I think it was Go Right. Uh, I don't, I don't think I made that and one. Yeah, that was that was in August, and essentially, what the book was about is committing fully to what you actually want to do, and not going in with a Plan B, because when people go in with a Plan B to things, they're essentially going into their Plan A with one foot out the door. You know, they're just like, okay, well, uh, I'm gonna pursue this, but if it doesn't work out, I'm gonna go I'm gonna go be an accountant. Like and and that's doubt. And you know, that
0: breeds doubt. And doubt is the best salesman out there. It's always gonna be knocking on your door.
1: So like, yeah, and when you have that doubt, you're not gonna fully commit yourself to plan A. Because you know you can be safe somewhere else. So the first sign of trouble, you're gonna give up. So it's like I took a lot of weight away from that because I was studying to go into a safe profession like a corporate lawyer gross that's disgusting I don't want to do that so instead I'm trying to be the best at what I enjoy and what I'm good at so it's like I don't have to worry about safety when I know when I'm confident in my own abilities to succeed at my job like 100%
0: and with that too Mm -hmm. having like you're not going to know what could have happened so like let's say you stayed on your other track like Mm -hmm. thinking about it now you're not going to know what that outcome is so like why even worry about it right
1: like you just got to keep going through yeah i probably would have made more money on that track than i will on this one but it's like at the end of the day do i want to be a corporate lawyer until i'm 60 or do i want to do something that i enjoy for a little bit longer it's like i think that's a fair trade-off right
0: 100 Mm percent Um, So also different, you know, just different concepts that I want to bring up too. And and we've touched on a couple of these already, but um, right now with, you know, discipline, I think this is being having a focal front point of view on discipline right now with the things that are going on. I think this, you know, looking at this whole pandemic right now, the isolation um, as it currently stands, I think having self-discipline is one of the most important things you can have during something, some type of thing that is currently happening.
1: Um,
0: You you can see almost like a divide of people where, you know, where they're kind of slacking off and they're thinking this quarantine, almost like a vacation. And then you see another group of people where all of a sudden they're stepping it up and they're, you know, they're emerging into different things and trying new things and going out there you know, working out, eating better, having good sleep schedules. And I think there's just becoming a more divide through that. And I think, you know, how we can all together, you know, become better as one is just having the self-discipline for yourself and keeping yourself accountable.
1: Yeah. I mean, just right now, it's so difficult because that, that avenue of taking the easy way out is right there. Oh, it's It's so so, easy, man.
0: Dude,
1: the clicker's right there, the chips are
0: right there. Just come on, you can do it, yeah. Just ring the bell, Yeah, just just, ring the bell and go have that. Like,
1: right now it's- It's too accessible. Yeah, during the school year, there's incentive because there are, you have priorities, you have to prioritize stuff. Right now, it's like the only priority for me Um, aside from doing well in school is to try and lift every day or do something. So now that you're not like prioritizing your schedule that saying, okay, go to school at this time. I have baseball at this time. uh, I have to eat and I have to try and get a lift in. That's when you have to, you know, filter out what you can and can't do. And that's where the self-discipline comes in. It's like, okay, I don't have time to lift today. Um, so instead of the time that I would have done it, I'll study or I'll find something else. And you're creating opportunities for yourself that way. As opposed to right now it's like, Okay, I can't go to MASH, I can't lift, so I'm gonna watch Netflix all day.
0: Right. And I think honestly it just it narrows the vision. And I think the goal of it, so as your vision narrows, you're just trying to keep the blinders open so you can have basically all you're trying to do is keep the blinders off so you can see you know into the future of what you want to be you know Mm -hmm. and you've got to have a plan I think what I've currently done I found out that it works is you know getting a schedule and actually writing it down for me that's been working of Mm -hmm. going through you know every Sunday night and listing throughout my Monday through Saturday of what I've got and there's, I'm not gonna lie, there's a lot of gaps through in there, right? There's a lot of time because we've been stripped away of the what we've been accustomed to the last, you know, 18, 20 years of our life. But I think having a plan and having structure, having a structure to it is so important and have, you know, just giving yourself, because honestly, I think you almost need to
1: put pressure on yourself. So, So why do you think right now it's important to have structure and have pressure on yourself to improve? So like why, why do you think? That's so yeah. Important? So my viewpoint on that, even so, let's let's think
0: about pressure, right? So mm-hmm. every day we have some sort of pressure that's always on us, right? Maybe it's a test you have in school, maybe it's a big game you got to get ready for, uh, maybe it's you know a, a talking or a, um, a speech you have to give. Whatever the case may be, I think by adding pressure, it tightens your focus, makes mm-hmm. you kind of almost hyper alert, and. Having that almost like anxious energy, is it's good. It's just like, you know, if you go to a tryout, you kind of feel that and whatever you do, I think by even doing the simplest things, like let's say you read a book, okay? Let's put a time limit on that. Let's see how many pages can you get within 30 minutes. You're probably gonna read and understand the book a lot more or a lot better, excuse me, rather than just kind of, you know, just kind of letting the time go and just kind of doing it on your own terms. And then you get sidetracked because someone snaps you, and then you look at your phone, rather than having something set and then you try to conquer it.
1: Mm. So, my question is: with all the things you mentioned before—the game, the speech, school—all of that removed, what do you use your? What do you? What have you found yourself to? Sorry. What have you found that you've used your focus on during the day now? Sure. So typically, you know, this is what I try
0: to have my day, you know, laid out at. So you know, I'll, I'll wake up and I'll, you know, try to get, you know, just a quick shower, kind of get the body up a little bit. I have been doing breathing, um, kind of what Harv's been saying and kind of, you know, right away also. So when I sleep, have as dark as I can. When I'm up, I open those bed, I open the shades up, I get the light and it's blinding. It reduces the melatonin, it gets me waking up, and I'm good to go.
1: Yep. And
0: and then I'll go on school, and that takes about three to four hours or so, probably, on average. Um, I just have a couple classes. Um, but within those classes, right, I take those, each assignment, and, you know, it, some of my assignments are timed anyways, so it kind of gives that pressure already. But if I have something that's, you know, due at 2.30, you know, every day that takes 10 minutes, I'll, I'll pretend that's like, all right, I got to get this done in 15 minutes. Uh-huh. And for myself, this just may be for me, but I found that I've been a lot, you know, more productive in that sense and more efficient through it. Um, but yeah, I'll go through school. And then after um, I'll try to exercise, I'll go outside and run. Um, I've been keeping a pretty tight schedule, with, you know, baseball throwing routine and things like that nature. Um, and then I'll come home, you know, spend time with my family. That's another big thing. Time with the family. This is a great time to do that. You know, there's so much extra yeah. time out there, and once this kind of shifts out of the, uh, you know, what this new norm is right now, we're not going to have that time. So I think it's really valuable to, you know, spend with spend time with your family. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, dude, going like going outside. I've never hammocked before, but I just started a couple weeks ago. <laughs> it's awesome, dude. I yeah,
1: love it. finding new things you enjoy, yeah. Holy
0: cow, it's nice. Like, just going in nature, like, I've, I've genuinely, i genuinely appreciated just going out in nature, like, not even bringing my phone, leaving it in the car, and just walking and observing. Heck, mm-hmm. I just did it today, and I just felt so good. Just felt so good for myself, and it's almost selfish, to, like, I feel selfish because of it, but I feel Why? so genuinely good. <laughs> Why do you feel selfish? Well, just, like having the, you know, the time alone just to myself, right? So like, I'll, I'm constantly getting, you know, different alerts on my phone and people actually respond.
1: Dude, which is, so you identify with being a people pleaser, like you said before, is that- 100%, you? I do,
0: I do. I feel like
1: I, I get wrapped up in it sometimes.
0: And I think just taking like a, <sighs> taking a breath, going out there, laying in the hammock and just creating art for myself You know, I've been a lot. I've been adding more time and energy to making you know podcasts like this, Mm -hmm. and I've I've felt a lot better. You know, I you know how another thing that's been happening. I'm sorry, my mine's just going right now. No way. But but I've been remembering a lot more dreams. Like I've been having vivid dreams, and I can like remember all my dreams. And I've never really been good at that. I mean, when I was younger, yes, but as I've kind of grown up. I felt like I lost that. But now, mm. during this time, all of a sudden, I'm, I'm remembering dreams, and it's- Why do you think that is? My my theory on that, on why I'm having more dreams, I think
1: is because I'm not well, having more than- uh, one, one thing I wanna say first is, you're yeah. probably not having more dreams, you're probably just remembering more
0: dreams. 100%, I mean, we dream every night. Everybody dreams every night. If they don't, it's just because they don't remember the dream. Everybody dreams every single night. But the reason why I'm remembering more dreams I think it's because I'm not having the, you know, the daily busy task stress of different assignments, school, different social interactions, things that kind of just task and eat your mind away. Mm -hmm. I think there's been a lot more um, pent up in my mind. So when I am going to sleep, I'm having almost like more fuel in the tank to remember the dreams. Have a clear mind.
1: Yeah, so that's essentially because, you know, I've studied this before. so. 100%.
0: 100%. And that's why, I, I mean, I had you on. I mean, you're such... Yeah. And also, I just want to add in too, anybody listening right now, like Zach Dietz is, he's one heck of a guy. And I, I genuinely mean that. I mean, he's... Thank you. He's around Like, he's just a, a nice human being. You know, he, he understands he's, a, he's an intellectual person. And I love that about him. And he's just humble in the things he says. And overall, Zach is just a great dude.
1: Anyway, back to what you're saying. Yeah. So essentially what what's going on is you have more synchronous activity in your brain so you know when you're stressed and have a lot of things going on your brain regions you're like your brain is Each region is doing something different. It's really rare when you're awake for your brain to be all synchronized and all of the brain be working in harmony because there's so much external stimuli that your brain has to pay attention to. So it all processes it differently. But when you're sleeping, that's when your brain starts to synchronize and your brain starts to send the same wave signals throughout the entire brain. So I'm guessing that we we never learned why or why people don't uh remember dreams Mm -hmm. from the previous night but um my guess would be since you're having less decent desynchronized brain activity during the day so you're having more of a clear mind during the day i'm gonna guess that has some sort of influence on you know whether or not you're being able to remember your dreams i'm sure i'm almost positive it probably has an impact on it
0: yeah and i've had like i feel more like a lack of stimulus to my brain during the day so like lack mm-hmm. of information lack of things being thrown at me. you mm-hmm. think that like is that kind of tied into that? Or is that kind of yeah. what you're saying
1: yeah okay for sure because it's like the more we have and the more stress we experience the more chaotic our brain is i'm sure you felt that before like you're you're just going in a bunch of different directions that's essentially what it is and You know to go off on a little tangent it's like music is one thing that you know one of one of the reasons why music is so widely and universally enjoyed is because it synchronizes our brain activity you know it brings our brain together because we have one thing that we're focusing on and it's you know it's so powerful because it's like our brain is so easily distracted and it goes in so many different directions but something As simple as just like a few different melodies or harmonies can just bring it all together and bring us focus and relax. So, I that's one of the reasons. Like I said before, I love what I'm studying because it's so fascinating. There are so many different avenues that you can go down, and that's just one of the things that you know I've learned about and I've continued to want to learn about.
0: Yeah, and from my my point of view, looking from the outside in, I think another reason. I could be wrong, but I think another reason why I think you love what you're studying right now is because you can apply it like it's so readily available If right now like you're learning something and it interests you like you're you're genuinely curious about it so when you're curious about it you're going to think about more you're going to think about it more you're going to ask more questions and you're going to actually like enjoy what you're learning and then that learning is just going to go into that cycle
1: yeah exactly it it makes learning fun it makes reading fun yeah and that's crazy too so That's another
0: thing I've been picking up. I used, you know, when I was younger, I'm not gonna lie, I used to hate reading. Mm -hmm. And now like I read almost every single day and because they're books that like I find interesting. And so I think it's so important of finding your interests and trying to expand what you are interested in and so you can have a a greater um, spectrum of what you can learn about.
1: Well, And I think it's so important to read about what you want to read about because some learning is better than no learning. Um, Like, I think what did it for me or what killed reading for me is like just what we were forced to read growing up. And I remember just like no senior in high school looks forward to reading Grapes of Wrath on a school night. Like, it's... It just makes you just associate reading with being bored and having to do it because you want a letter grade. So I got so sick of it, and I never read. But then once I found something that I enjoyed reading, I remember it was a—I uh, uh, can't remember the exact title. I think it's uh "The Brain That Changes Itself" by Norman Doidge. Hmm. It was the I'm first? Read that. Yeah, the first book that I actually enjoyed reading and read in my free time, and. You know, I, I found that love for both reading and learning again, which, I mean, it happened over the fall. That's when I started reading again for fun.
0: Isn't that crazy too? Yeah. So I, I remember when I first read the, my first book that I actually enjoyed reading, mm-hmm. and that's kind of what triggered me to keep wanting to read about that certain thing. Mm-hmm. For me, the book that I read that first initially got my mind tricked into liking reading was it was called the subtle art of not giving an f-u-c-k mm-hmm. and
1: yeah, I, know that book, yeah. yeah
0: I, I love that book I, that book's awesome and i actually got that from harv as well mm-hmm. um but yeah it's, it's weird and this is just like you know another tangent like songs how one thing can like display a sense of more of what you, there's actually there so like when you for example like if you listen to a song from like you listen to a long time ago when you listen Mm. to that song, it's not really you're listening to that song, it's the memories that went with that song. So, Mm -hmm. like, that's why people at baseball games, you know, when the Sweet Caroline comes on to play, like, Mm -hmm. everybody goes crazy because they always have, like, good memories with
1: it. Like, songs are almost attached to memories. It's like, that's something I, if I know I have a fun vacation coming up, that's something I always do is I'll set a few songs aside. (laughs) And I'll only listen to them when I'm in that city. So that's Absolutely so then when like i come back here and i want to think about like when i went to arizona in february for our first baseball um, not tournament but classic sure. and, um like i just remember when i hear like intentions by justin bieber i just i remember being in arizona and when i hear songs by a song by khalid i just i feel like i'm in arizona again it's Dude, it's it's, it's powerful yeah it's so the powerful memories, memories are essentially just associations like it's not you're not you don't re, you don't have like these videos stored in your brain it's all just asso- sensory associations so like that's that's what I enjoy doing now that I know that I can play around with that smell is actually the most powerful sense um, if you want to build association and memory really yeah I'm I'm not sure sure why that works this is actually in our the unit we're studying right now for for neuroscience but can you go deeper in that do you know anything like a little bit more on that in
0: terms of like why smell is or like I guess as a whole like not even just smell but like on like I guess more on memories and like why we trigger certain things
1: um so I think that what happens when you create a memory is you just clump together all of the stimuli that's around you. And so, like I said before, it's not, it's not a, it's not a video that you're remembering. It's not like playing back like a movie. It's essentially a cluster of neurons that have wired together. And when you set off one of those neurons, or when you recall one sort of Stimulus that happened during that experience, then it connects with all those other neurons, and then that's how you perceive a memory. So, is it kind
0: of a sense too, where like if you kind of get a glimpse of a memory, does it all kind of follow track and it just kind of floods your mind from there?
1: So one of the one of the Hebbian principles of neuroscience, um, Donald Hebb is the person who came up with this: is neurons that fire together wire together. So that's essentially how memories are created. So like, so it's like a muscle. You're really just working yeah. a muscle. It's essentially, yeah. And since you're always going through new experiences, like your brain is always changing because it's wiring together differently all the time. So, you know, that's what happens when you listen to an old song and you feel those memories from from when you were way younger and a, a fun vacation spot is all of those neurons are firing together. and you're yeah calling that and I'm not sure why it's stronger for smell <laughs> but um, yeah it's just it's it's fun to play around with that when you know how it works oh yeah mm-hmm. yeah all
0: right so I'm gonna ask you another question here um yeah. what's so right now right you're studying about you know your different classes here in the kinesiology <laughs> side of things and you can take this any route you'd please to but mm-hmm. what right now are you trying, what are you doing right now that you're trying to improve upon or what's another thing, this is a kind of different question, but what's another thing you've been really interested about lately or that you've been, you know, trying to think about or learn about? What's something that's like kind of keeping you like more curious as it goes on?
1: Mm-hmm. Um, as you can tell, like the the practical side of neuroscience is so much fun to learn about. Um, and especially teaching it to other people. Uh, I, I really love doing. And, um, so, you know, I have one book right here. Um, this isn't necessarily a neuroscience book, but the, the dictionary of body language. Mm -hmm. So it's, yeah, it's not directly related to neuroscience, but just learning how people operate. Um, is a lot of fun and it's something that you can apply to almost every situation. Um, so I just like learning about practical stuff that I can apply every day. And I feel like, you know, that's a, that's a common complaint among a lot of high schoolers is we, it's like we never use any of this. It's like, well, I all the time find something you like studying and you'll use it all the time. Right. Um, let's see. So, in terms of just things that are driving me right now, um, as you as you know, you, you were the first person to wish me happy birthday. But it was my birthday the other day. So Heck yeah, man! I got some birthday money and I got a bunch of weights. I got a barbell and a bunch of uh, plates. So built a little home gym in my garage and um, finally go. to lift things that are over 100 pounds again. Yeah, isn't that I'm weird? All happy about. Yeah, but, <laughs> I mean I'm hurting right now, but um, like That's I'm good hurting yeah uh but you know it it feels so good to get out there and and do that sort of stuff again um and honestly like it's it's tough for me right now like I don't feel a lot of drive with school in terms of learning the material because I'm just it's so easy to get caught up in the letter grade especially in college like I don't care about the gpa as much but what i care about is making sure that i'm getting the grade that i need in order to count the class towards my major minor that's what's important so the learning aspect has gotten a little lost and it's more working towards the grade and you know that's a little frustrating right now but you know once school is back in session like normal i'm sure I'll refine that. Uh, yeah, uh, and, and again, key word here,
0: just adapt.
1: Yeah, it was just adapt back, and then I mean, not even back. You
0: know, this is a big uh, or a little uh, tangent here, but I've heard people saying, "Oh, I can't wait for this," or I, "or like, oh, I can't wait for this thing, this whole pandemic quarantine to be over, so we can go okay. back how it was." What do you think on that? Do you think it's going to go back to how it was, or do you think it's going to be a new norm?
1: No, well it's going to be slow. It's not going to be, it's not going to be just like flipping a switch. It's going to be gradual. Um, yeah. If I, you know, I don't want to go on this for too long, but right. if, I to guess okay. what, if I had to guess what's going to happen, I'm going to say, um, I don't think there's going to be any in-person classes in the fall, especially at the U. Cause I just don't think the university is ready to have 51,000 people back at a time when, you know, there's still the possibility Um, you know, in terms of what I think should happen, um, you know, not that anybody cares, but uh, I just think we're gonna have to, like you said, adapt. Uh, I don't think we can go on like this forever. We have to um, just make sure that everybody's gonna be safe and that we, we have the supplies that we need 100%. you know. I and mean, It's
0: just going to be a new normal. I mean, the way I view it is I just think I don't think it's going to be the same as how it was. Right. I think, you know, where we are, where we are right now. OK, and I think it's going to be a slow, gradual kind of return, hoping to get back to the normal. That's what most people's intentions, I believe, are. But I think it's going to be a little more cautious with different things and how we do things. Right. And so mm. things are just going to be run a little bit different. But again, I think, you know, honestly, I think what's gonna happen is we're gonna get to that new normal and people are gonna start to complain and whine about, oh, well back when, before this happened, or think about like in 30 years, right? When you know, you're know you talking to different people, it's like, oh, do you remember back then? Oh, it was so much better back then. Like people are just gonna kind of reminisce about how it used to be and how they, you know, wish it was still.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 Um. just like, Sorry, I'm trying to collect my thoughts here. Yeah, Dude, that's I mean, the hardest thing. I mean, it's like I don't think you're gonna see fans at games. For oh, really? You
0: think it's gonna be like
1: complete new? Okay, sure. For a while, for at least until there's a vaccine, because um, it's like college football in the fall is not gonna happen.
0: You don't think
1: at, so? At least with fans. Okay. Okay. I, I, hot I don't, take. Hot take. Well, I mean, can you just imagine? Right? <laughs> no, I I, 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 agree with you. I can, I can definitely see that for sure. I'm sure you know, like, I mean, for baseball, we almost weren't allowed to have any fans at our games. Like, within within a day, our we like all fans were not allowed, and then like 12 hours later, our season was canceled. So. Like, I just don't see large scale events happening anytime soon. Um, I don't know. It, again, like there's so much speculation on it. It's not. For sure. That's the hardest
0: thing to do is kind of predict the future because I mean, if someone yeah. could predict the future. They'd be making a lot of a lot of money right now. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I'm going to kind of wrap it up here. Um. Again, I want to first uh, thank you for coming on this.
1: Yeah, I appreciate
0: you. it for giving me your time. That's probably the most valuable thing we have right now.
1: So yeah. I appreciate well, you giving geez.
0: some of yours to me. Um, I thank to anybody listening here. Uh, if they still made it throughout this course, uh, I appreciate that. Um, and yeah, I hope everybody's having a, a good day. And Zach, again, thank you for coming on.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Awesome. All right. Cheers, guys.